0: Frattaloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number nine hundred and twenty-seven, September twenty-first, twenty twenty-two. Is today the first day of fall?
1: Tomorrow. Do, do you remember?
0: No. Ninety-four degrees was the record high on this day. Don't do that, Kenny. That was in nineteen thirty-seven, and uh, nineteen seventy-four was a chilly year. I remember that. It was thirty-two degrees was the low on this day in nineteen seventy-four and now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of spoon lake it's garage logic with chris Reavers manning technology corner kenny olson from the crabby coffee shop john Hyde in the newsroom and of course the rookie here is your flash you don't even king, have a tire. fireworks commissioner yeah, and the keeper it. of common sense your mayor joe sushua before we get into the real world yeah. Let's go to a rural garage logic.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Joe, time for some rays of hope. This is from Garage Logic, the town of, seat of Gumption County.
2: We're familiar.
0: This isn't Liberal Lakes, Euphoria, or Diversityville. Out here in the wilds of outstate garage logic, there are still some glimpses of life as we all used to know it. Along a lonely two-laner at the end of a long driveway, every morning since school started, there are three bicycles laying on the grass where kids rode them home to get picked up by the bus. Uh, Doesn't seem to be much fear by parents or kids that the bikes won't be there at the end of the day. Also around town in three different spots by three different owners, there are vegetable stands with no one there to handle sales. Just a sign with prices and an on your own honor box for payment. Sweet corn, squash, pumpkins, tomatoes, and one last one just north of Garage Logic is an Amish bake sale every Friday and Saturday. They use a little shed about the size of a fish house with baked goods, canned goods, and some crafts. Again, no one there. Just an on-your-honor box. Now, the real ray of hope isn't just that there is so much trust being displayed here. It's that the surrounding community and the individuals that make it up are honoring that trust. If all that wasn't true, all of these practices would cease, and that feeling of communal trust would cease with it. Moral and ethical behavior is indeed Declining at a rapid rate, but there are still some pockets left. Keep pushing back, please, Greg. Uh, in garage logic,
1: the problem, yeah, right. The problem with those honor boxes is, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Joe. Uh, they don't take credit cards, so you know what the hell.
0: <laughs> I can't relate to that because I would not go to a outstate vegetable stand and expect to be able to use a credit card. Yeah, well, Kenny got me again. <laughs> A note on Shell's beer before we returned oh. to the real world. Uh, from Bill Stein up in Aiken. Shell's beer came up on yesterday's show. I was born in New Ulm. I assume that when August Shell emigrated to the U.S., he settled in New Ulm because it was an enclave of German emigres. The newspaper there was published in German until World War II. As for Shells Brewery, my mom had her 50th high school reunion there 33 years ago. As a young lad, say from the age of six on, my grandpa Bartle would always give me a little Shells beer to drink with him. Growing up, Shells was a notoriously cheap beer along with Howenstein and Pfeiffer's. At one time, you could get three cases for seven bucks at Ernie's Liquors in Mendota. Okay. Shells was the prototypical, the hotter the weather, the cheaper the beer beverage. Of course, now it is a great force in the craft beer industry. Prost, it, Bill Stein. Okay. And one last note. <coughs> wait, Can wait, I wait, have a note?
1: wait, wait, wait a second. Isn't it interesting that when World War II started, nobody in New Ulm knew how to speak German? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Suddenly, the paper printed in English. Yeah. <laughs> the big flag that's, that's on the header. <laughs> Has anybody been watching the Ken Burns documentary?
1: Hell no. Mm-mm.
3: I mean to get to it. I have not. Started. Well, I'm
0: sure you'll have an opportunity.
1: Yeah. Uh, I already know that Americans are awful people, so I, I, I didn't need not, to watch
4: it. I have not. Because The Bachelor had, what, a three hour special <laughs> last night in the finale?
0: <laughs> the, he keeps running up against some very hard facts. Uh, the U.S. was struggling to feed its own population in the 30s. We had terrible uh, unemployment. We had a terrible depression. We had quotas for allowing people into the country. It had nothing to do with Jews. We didn't have quotas against Jews. We had quotas against immigrants, and uh, he 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 acknowledges that. He he spells that out. But but I I do continue to think he desperately wants us to understand that we're just a bunch of rotten people mm-hmm. we're not we we're, were good people
1: mm-hmm. but
0: we well in any event one final note before we move on uh regarding the uh, wish by uh asia chugati the mm-hmm. city council member in minneapolis who wishes for uh transport ships to be uh Electric. to abdicate their <laughs> fossil fuel And wishes them essentially to be sailboats. Uh, Paul Petruczewski in Dallas sent me a screenshot of a live ship tracker in the Pacific. Oh, wow. And it is very informative. That ocean, she's full of ships. (laughs) And uh, he says, electrify them, that will not happen. Uh, it it will it certainly won't happen for many, 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 many years. But it, there's a great site. Holy cow, look at this. It's, it's an amazing site. Go to vesselfinder.com. I will Vessel provide Finder. this link
2: to the Garage <coughs> it Logic Showcase.
0: Look at how this. Did, how did Jerry Speece get across the ocean uh, without running into something?
2: Feat. Yep. Huh. Well, you know, you got a point here. It's going to be tough to put a charging station in the Atlantic.
4: Mm-hmm. Where do you put I mean right. how far halfway yeah. uh, every quarter mile? Well, if here's the here's the other way to look at this.
0: If wow. the owners of shipping concerns believe it's cost effective to become electrified, they will do it. But they won't do it until that cost benefit is made available to them through some means of the ships being able to self-charge themselves or it's solar-driven or whatever. And if they think that's better, it will have nothing to do with the environment. Remember, electric cars preceded gasoline cars in America. But the manufacturers realized we can make more money with gasoline. Gasoline's more efficient and more practical. It right. had nothing to do with the environment. Just as electrifying the world's fleet of ships will have nothing to do with the environment. If we can hang on to our freedoms, liberties, and capitalism, it will have nothing to do with, with the environment. It will have to do with, you know what, we can make uh, another $2.87 an hour if we have electric ships. No. Well, they don't have electric ships. And they won't until it's cost-effective.
2: You have to imagine.
0: Yeah. Um, If you
2: hover over this map, this is so cool. Isn't it something? It shows you the type of vessel Mm -hmm. that's in the water. What's it called? What it's carrying?
0: Vesselfinder.com. The You're speed at the which show. the
2: vessel is traveling. Oh, I didn't get that on what he said. And the year in which the vessel was manufactured. Really? This is so freaking cool. Oh, you've I lost lo-
4: Kenny and I for the rest of the show. I by can the way. lose <laughs>
2: myself. This in is that. a uh, twenty eleven, <clears> Hart <throat> the pool. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's Greek. It's going 16.4 uh, KN. What is that? Is that knots? That would be knots. Thank so you. Thank you. <laughs> um, the course is 294.4 degrees. No idea what that means. Well,
0: it's on the
4: compass. Uh,
0: what do you got uh, <laughs> okay, starboard Cliff. side?
4: What do you have uh, <laughs> well, it starboard? Well, It
0: would be t- 294 degrees off north or whatever. Yeah.
2: They're up north. Yep. Are they port side or what? Um, this one was built in 2011. It has a dead weight of 143.59. What's she carrying? Yeah.
1: cargo. Which she laden with? Well,
2: I
0: thought you said it told us what they were carrying.
2: Well, this just says cargo. That's all it says. Well, do what?
3: others say fruit people, or people, cars or people people linen? Well,
2: I'm, I'm going to guess it either says cargo or passenger. That oh, okay. would be my guess. Oh,
3: I tanker. see. There's okay. also a tanker category, it looks like. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Are you sure? Okay. This vessel. is really cool. Fishing
3: vessel category, yeah. Uh. I uh, went to the... Wait a minute, wait a minute, hang on. Before cool, you start to
4: get yeah. serious, I, I just... You've, you you zipped through it so fast, and I didn't want to interrupt, and you're you're zipping through stuff, so now I am going to interrupt.
2: Oh, it gives you weather, too.
4: Uh, you talked about pumpkins and the honor system, et cetera. Yes. Uh, in This is an email that I got from uh, Beth David in March of 2016. Hi, Matt, it's the pumpkin lady from Grant. I encourage your daughter to pursue nursing as a nurse for 40 years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Stop by and see us in the fall. This is the place in Grant off of Jamaica Avenue that we always go and get our pumpkins every year, and it's on the honor system. Her brother came by the um, uh, station this year at the state fair and said that Elizabeth Beth, who was a huge fan of the show, had passed away. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to—I know her family listens to the show—and because you brought up pumpkins, I wanted to mention that because she was a very loyal Garage Logician and uh, had a great—you go there and get your pumpkins—and it's on the Honor System. And I just wanted to acknowledge her passing because her brother also listens to the show. So uh, it's the pumpkin you, stand still there? Uh, it's in Grant. Yep. It's that you just go and you pay, you get the pumpkins. Grant and, is between Madamida and Stillwater. Correct. It's rural, and it's a fantastic place. And I know David That's Downing God's country. gets pumpkins on snow. Downing and... gets them from his own farm up yes, in he does. Bram. So there's competition, but I just wanted to say thank you, well, Beth plus, plus,
0: Downing isn't on the honor system. You
4: no, he's right, he's right.
0: Well, he's in the inner city, so he's right he there. A, well, he's in the urban <laughs> core, when so you, his hand is out with a rifle yeah. in his arms.
4: When
1: you get there, you're going to honor David. That's right. what yeah. you're going to do. <laughs>
0: yes, Thank you. Last night, the city council held a public meeting, where each speaker was allowed two minutes to weigh in on the city's proposed budget.
1: Where was that at?
0: It was at the Como Park Pavilion. Okay, and I went. And you I, did, as you I did. said I would. I went oh, and no. I spoke. Oh, what? Wow! And I found it very enlightening. Uh. I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. Well, first of all, picture an outdoor but roofed pavilion. Yeah. Beautiful old pavilion yeah, there nice. on the lake. and There was a big wind blowing. It was gorgeous. And the city council members were on a uh, were at a table on the stage above the audience.
4: <laughs> oh, precious! Well, it's just the, precious. Way the,
0: just the way the room was laid out. And uh, there were benches that the attendees sat on and I, I tried to do my best to determine, I would say, 75 people. I would say not not more than 100 people. Wow. Surprising. There were more people walking and biking and playing with their kids and their dogs on the the path around the lake than there were at this
1: meeting. Okay, uh, the people at the meeting, demographics, please.
4: Uh be uh, be fully honest. You're not this isn't a, a spin. What is it?
1: Are they pulling down a hundred K a year? No. Twenty? Yes. <laughs> okay. Renters? Not, Homeowners?
0: Not, not not a terribly young group. Okay. Okay. Uh two of the first five speakers were city workers. Uh with some justification, uh, wishing for the city council to acknowledge their importance to the city. Uh, we plow the roads, we bring you clean water, don't forget about our needs.
4: I will add in the report that I found for a meeting like this, it is flooded with county or I'm sorry, city workers mm-hmm. that always attend this meeting to justify what they're currently doing I,
0: I should preface it by saying the city council president amy brenmoan gave introductory remarks and uh, uh, set up the uh, evening by saying look we have a lot of wants and needs okay so it became my turn to speak and i merely said do you do people know something that we don't uh, that you can, uh, can justify a 15% increase in the budget. Is anybody here getting a 15% raise? And do you realize that this is 15% that now becomes the basis line for future budgets? Next. And, and people, uh, that stirred the audience a bit. And, and then I said, you know, you speak about wants and needs. Uh, what I didn't say is you have no obligation to fill every want and need. I didn't say that. But what I did say is the wants and needs we have are fiscal responsibility. Number we want one. some fiduciary responsibility. We want some accountability. People spend too much money, and then I was done. I, I, I what did you have, get, two minutes? Everybody gets well, two I minutes. Ev- I didn't even need the two okay. minutes, and then, uh, and then some other people talked, and uh, I kind of just wandered out, and uh, I found the whole
4: thing depressing.
1: Yeah, sounds off-putting.
4: Did anybody approach you after yes, you were done? Okay, what yeah. was the feedback? Well, let's not go there. Oh, okay. It was, it was They were nice. You jerk? Oh, they were nice about it. Okay. <laughs> not like the paper.
1: Did <laughs> <laughs> Anybody challenge you?
4: No. Okay. No, because he spoke the truth. One What's the challenge?
0: Ca- one guy came up to me and he said, I want you to take a picture of something on my phone. Hmm? And it was some... I haven't looked at it yet, but I have it on my phone, and he said, I I don't want to give you my name, but I want you to take a picture of these documents uh, that I'm involved with, and it was some sort of abortion movement he was involved in, anti-abortion, and uh, he wasn't even that much younger than me. Uh, I would say he was a middle-aged fellow, and uh, I did take a picture of it, and I said, thank you, and and I to this day to this hour I don't know what that was about but he was very secretive and very nervous and very concerned so he
1: was kind of a would you call him a one issue voter yes all right based on based
0: on the confusing uh conversation we had in which I
4: could not get him to make it clear what he wanted me to understand he may have not he may not have been there for the budget 15% increase debate
0: what What depresses me is there should have been 100,000 people there.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: There should have been 100,000 people. And I guess what I don't understand is were these people who attended, what ore do they
4: have in the water?
2: Was your question answered? About why are these people oh. continuing to get away with this? Yeah, there's wait, your answer. Wait,
4: l- no, I l- didn't. Get the it logistics clear. of what you said. What are the s- no, no one was on un- the civil, council either. members doing while you're sp- they're, do you- they're sitting there. So you don't direct. I don't know how what the there's a microphone is. down
0: below them, and you go up into the mic and you address your concerns, and then
4: next. And they listen. Oh, they don't react. Say no, I'm sorry, sir. This is not. You don't interact with the council.
0: You just plead your two I'm, minutes. and... You, I didn't stay long enough to know that if anybody did. I'm sure okay.
4: you could have. Every every okay. the city council was civil, but they didn't respond directly to your. No. Hey, did anybody no. else could a- okay. have. Well, no.
2: you should have said was started with. Hey, dummy. No. 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 Okay. no. That's
4: Very not civil. what you do. Civility.
0: <laughs> but I, I, it was a great eye opener for me. It was a great eye opener uh, to corroborate that uh, we do live now maybe this is true the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings but it it corroborated for me that people a they're either not paying attention Uh, by people i mean as you look out over como it's just a vast area of homes and pleasant neighborhood and and and, that's uh, i
2: guess what i was getting at that not enough people are paying attention
0: so either a people don't pay attention or b uh, people can people possibly think they're being governed well? Can people possibly think these extraordinary increases in the city budget? What are they resulting in? What is that increase going to result in?
4: Right. What services are going to be increased by fifteen percent? And
0: you and I know this is hyperbole, and it's not it's not come to fruition entirely. Mm-hmm. But but the whole vibe I got was. And and the city council did not say this or do this intentionally. Again, they were very civil. But the whole vibe I got is we're just closer and closer and closer to we're serfs. We're we're working for them. Yeah. And we're here to tell you we're going through the motions. We're going to we have a proposed budget increase of 15.2 percent. And we it's in our bylaws that we have to have a public hearing about this. So here we are. And you each get your two minutes. Which,
4: doesn't, which is irrelevant okay. to the end result, correct?
0: And what the only thing that struck me that could possibly stir them, could possibly cause them to have second thoughts, would be if there were 100,000 people there.
1: Mm-hmm. Why?
0: That's the only thing that could possibly influence them
2: but would that have changed any one of their opinions or? i
0: would venture to yes if there, were so? if there were 100000 yes,
2: well, 100, people there that would stir them that would well they're
0: sitting on the
4: edge of their seats yeah
1: joe the crowd the comments you heard while you were there were they pro or con against the budget were they in favor of this what well oh, the first
0: speaker was pro because she was very insistent that uh, women not be left behind Oh, uh, uh, they're not, I think.
1: What, what does that mean?
0: Well, it meant that she was in favor of some educational outreach services that need to be funded on behalf of women, and that got a big applause. I, I think the people there were not conservative thinking, and,
4: and they were— I, So they, they just wanted a piece of the pie, basically. You can't yeah. tell me the city of St. Paul is discriminating on salaries for females— No. Versus a male. I, I also that, got the feeling that
0: the city council members, they probably knew most of those people. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That the same, maybe the same, and they're good souls to show up, good souls. But nobody showed up.
4: Why aren't there 100,000 people?
0: Because then? I think I'm trying to analyze that. Apathy. A, a, we don't care. Yep. Or B, people somehow have themselves. Believing that we're well governed.
4: We what always,
1: time of day was this? Five thirty p.m. Well, I was gonna say Matthew we, made this point yesterday. Go ahead, Matt.
4: I was going to say normally, though, my point usually is we're all working, but at yeah. five thirty, well, you can most yeah, people can no, get there, huh? No, no people are busy.
2: No. People have stuff going okay. on. I, I traffic. No, let's let's
0: let's. Everything's let's,
1: dreadful at five thirty. No,
0: let's nip that in the bud. If there was a great awakening if the citizens of St. Paul or Omaha or St. Louis or wherever came to the realization of how they'd be governed, the last concern on your mind would be the fact that it was 5.30. That had nothing to do with it. I'm convinced that had nothing to do okay. with it. When would have been a better time?
1: Seven. Oh, you took the words
0: out of I my mouth I don't mind. think there would have been a dime's worth of difference at 7 p.m.
1: Any of those people in the audience look like they have kids and hockey? You know what I mean? Because that's—I mean, I know
4: exactly what you mean, and my yeah.
1: answer uh, would be no. Okay.
4: You didn't—you didn't see the uh, the moms in the uh, minivans that had to.
0: There might have been. There might have been. I parked in the parking lot with just, everybody else, and they I don't just know came who came drove from
1: what uh, football practice. Now they're going to scouting, yeah. and then later they have to pick up a daughter at whatever at swimming. You know what I'm saying? That's busy, a good point, busy point. because That's busy, what it is. Busy now. parents. That's yeah. what it is
4: these days.
0: Uh, well, if you did go there in your family vehicle, I hope it was one of the uh, family of SUVs from Countryside, Volkswagen, and Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of uh, Highway 36 and 61, a multi-generational dealership. This is it. They don't own 50 stores. They're the oldest Volkswagen dealer in, the, in Minnesota until I am corrected and the uh, family of Volkswagen SUVs are in stock and arriving daily, including the Volkswagen Taos, the TIG one, and the new uh, family size seven passenger Atlas. Really a handsome vehicle with 5,000 pound towing capability. The all electric ID4 SUV, named the 2021 World Car of the Year, if you are a candidate. It's only 10 minutes east of Minneapolis, five minutes north to St. Paul. Great people and great service. I've shopped there for years. Many vehicles I will continue to. You can get all the details you want about their inventory at SchmelzVW.com.
4: Time for change in that dreary old kitchen of yours, right? Yeah, you've been in that house for maybe, what, 20, 25 years, 30 years? Maybe it's only 15. Well, you want the style that you want, so go check out Redmond's Flooring and Design. Yes? They do flooring, but they also do design. You go up to their place in Anoka. For the last half a century, Mike and the gang up there has been designing. You get to pick what you want. Carpet, hardwood, tile, vinyl, waterproof, whatever the case may be, you get to choose. And that's the beauty of it. They'll listen to you. They're not an overnight operation. There's no pushy sales pitch that says, we got to get this in by tomorrow. We got to get this in by tomorrow. Take your time. Do it right. That's what Redmond's Flooring and Design does. Give them a call. I'll give you the phone number in just a moment. Poke around on their website. Estimates are free. You can see all of their five-star reviews from their customers. I love working with these guys, and I can't wait to get that new kitchen floor installed. We get to pick and choose. Redmans.com, R-E-D-M-A-N-N-S.com. They work with Mohawk, the biggest name in flooring. You're not going to be disappointed. It's a family-owned business. And again, half a century? How can you go wrong? They know what they're doing. 763. 316 3332 Call them. Find out. Get a little estimate for that uh, kitchen flooring. Maybe for the shag carpet in the basement. Or a brand new living room floor. 763-316-3332. Call them today. Let them know what the Rook sent you. Redmond's Flooring and Design. Leroy. Oh, Jenkins. Thank you.
0: Oh, no. This guy wears many hats.
4: Just
1: not indoors, Joe oh, yeah. So, what exactly constitutes winterizing a personal watercraft? I innocently asked the mechanic. I can answer that. Well, uh, I-, I don't need you to answer this, All Joe. Right. I-, I asked a <laughs> professional, not not just some guy uh, who has relatives that own a cabin uh the mechanic says make sure he makes sure the water's drained from the jackets and the hoses then he puts in a small amount of antifreeze changes the oil and filter and runs some fuel stabilizer through it wait what 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 kind of stabilizer seafoam saith he proving that mechanics know what's up when it comes to keeping things in tip-top shape don't wait until it's too late and you have to drain the gas pull the carb take off the float bowl blow out the jets Put a little in the fuel system before it goes to bed for the season. It'll wake up happy, clean, and ready to get to work. Or take it to the next level and give everything, all the cylinders you have, an occasional slurp. That's the way Sooch does it. Seafoam works biblical miracles. It keeps things moving uh, moving properly. Ethanol additives and gasoline, they actually dry out the seals and leaves a varnish that makes it harder for oil to lubricate the parts. Seafoam fixes that. And you'll find seafoam everywhere that fine automotive chemicals are sold. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. The $240
0: million food fraud scandal uh, needs to be or will continue to be examined. Uh, We wanted someone on the air today to uh, help us understand how such a thing could happen Uh, John Haidt, I'm going to talk to you in a second because you're going Mm -hmm. to help me. I believe it starts with the Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C., has the drawer full of your money. And then during the pandemic, they loosened up some rules ostensibly to uh, assure that uh, kids were getting fed uh, without having to go through the various hoops they normally require, so as near as I can understand it, the money would have gone from the Department of Agriculture in Washington and to Minnesota, I believe it went to the Department of Education.
3: Okay. Yes. John,
0: is that right so far?
3: That's correct. You apply to the federal government. They distribute the funds to the Department of Education. And it was
0: to the Department of Education that Feeding Our Future would have applied for funding. Is that correct?
3: Correct. That uh, That is correct also, yes. And during COVID, uh, the, the uh, those people then, you apply to the Department of Education, they distribute the money, uh, money to a small number of vendors, the, so feeding our future, partners in quality care, that kind of thing. They then distribute more money. But when all of this loosened up, suddenly feeding our future uh, began increasing the number of vendors that they were wow. giving money to.
0: Well, because the scheme, according to today's Star Tribune, became so lucrative Mm -hmm. that some conspirators were able to rent out restaurants, for example, at exorbitant prices just to create additional meal sites. In Wilmer, for instance, conspirators paid more than 570 grand to rent the Fafan restaurant for 11 months, Hmm. almost three times the restaurant's annual sales before the pandemic. The site received more than four million in reimbursements, half of which were pocketed by the conspirators, according to the charges. No one participating in this program legitimately would ever imagine they could make millions of dollars. Luger, Andrew Luger said it's not possible. The uh The way I see it, if you just put it in street vernacular, is they are running such a great scam
4: that people wanted in on it. Right. Yeah. It was like, uh, who was the guy out in New York in jail? Uh, Sid's guy. uh, Bernie Madoff. Madoff. Yeah. (laughs) They were running such
0: a great scam that were people coming up and saying, how do I get in on this? And and I'm just paraphrasing or making this up as I go, but I think I'm on the right track. They'd say, well, create a site. Create Mm -hmm. a site and come up with some names. We'll slip you some dough and we get a cut. Cover story. Get a cover story. story. And as Kenny pointed out yesterday, what undid them is they really did did get too damn greedy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They just got too greedy.
0: Well, Well, here's what we found Uh, Feeding Our Future. Let's see. Uh, Though some state legislators have faulted MDE for not acting more aggressively on its fraud suspicions, Luger declined to assess the department's oversight. That is not for me to say, Luger said. We are pleased by the thorough cooperation we got from MDE throughout this investigation. Well, I'm not buying that. Yes, they did get cooperation, but it was too late in coming, if you ask me. You mean to tell me that there wasn't somebody in MDA writing these giant checks to this Amy Bach and this that were saying to themselves, these people are feeding 5,000 people a day at, at such and such address? Right. These people are feeding... Go ahead, John.
3: Well, yes, they did. In fact, when I, you had me research this this morning, the education department uh, actually sent a letter immediately saying we're worried because there's so many vendors now showing up from Feeding Our Future and that. At that point, though, Feeding Our Future sued the education right. department. And she, pulled, oh, she wow. tried
0: to play the race card.
3: Exactly. She so said, you're so you, you just don't doing like this because either Somali. Like, she being yes. Amy, yep. Bach. Okay. Amy Bach. Yep. Amy Bach. Yep. Amy Bach, yep. And the Education Department had denied several applications before that uh, because they were worried about the number of vendors, and that's when uh, they decided to sue the Education Department. And at that point, a state judge ruled that the Department of Education had to move forward and give money to those vendors. Uh, Okay,
0: so so am I on the wrong track believing that, that
3: heads should roll at MDE? It, it sounds like the MDE t- attempted to show something is, is amiss here, mm-hmm. but by the time uh, they sued, the state judge, who I was not able to find out who that was, I'm sure it's somewhere online, I just couldn't find it in the time frame I had, a state judge said, sorry, uh, you have to move forward, you have to give this money. So think to, about to that. People. Well, the well, state judge was a moron. Well, what yes. I was going to say
2: is what won here in the uh, virtue, other than, no, they're actually not feeding anybody. Mm-hmm. The judge said, no, 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 it doesn't, doesn't matter here. Um, Tom Hauser has a little bit of an update on this. Mm-hmm. Two hours ago, MDH response, Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm released the statement, quote, Today's report from the Office of the Legislative Auditor finds no evidence that any grant dollars were misspent, awarded, inappropriately, wasted, or unaccounted for during the early stages of the pandemic. Well,
4: nonsense. You're full of crap. Nonsense. Right.
2: Just reporting what Tom
4: Hoser... No, tell, <laughs> creator, get him on the phone. It's nonsense. I want him right Earlier now. Earlier today, going up
0: <laughs> and down the dial on my way in, I heard uh, the old neighbor uh, managed to get someone on, presumably from the Department of Education, and the, the hosts did not, were not capable of getting to the bottom of anything. Okay. And, uh, and nothing was learned, and it was nothing but softballs, and, and it was a shame. So then I quickly... Uh, We quickly got on the bandwagon, and what did you two fellas find out when we tried to get someone?
2: I found out we got a lot of departments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Rook got a lot more headway than I did, though, making Uh, phone calls.
4: I'll just start. Here's what I did. I contacted Janine Nistler, who was with the Office of the Independent uh, General. Uh, They they check out stuff. Inspector General. Inspector. Did I say Independent? Inspector Mm -hmm. General. Uh, She did call me back, and she said they were not the overseeing office for this. Mm -hmm. I think she was very happy that she wasn't (laughs) involved with this. And she suggested that we check out the Department of Education. So Kevin Burns is someone that I emailed and uh, left a message with from the Department of Education explaining the uh, kind of answers that we wanted, and I have not heard back uh, he has not texted me back, emailed me back, or called me back yet. And Reeves?
2: Um, same. I, I left a voicemail, have not heard back from anybody. I also emailed before the show began, have not heard a response. Tom has another update. New audit of COVID funding. Minnesota legislative auditor says Minnesota Department of Health, quote, generally had adequate internal controls to ensure compliance with applicable legal requirements. However, the department had some internal control weaknesses related to grant awarding and grant monitoring. For example, in reviewing over $200 million two hundred million in funds aimed at addressing COVID-19, 35 state employees were assigned to assess grant applications, but 29 of the 35 didn't submit required conflict of interest forms, which leaves the state open to potential fraud and waste.
4: Is this because we're just too big, or is this because we're not paying attention that this happened? Both. Which one is it?
2: Probably both.
4: It's both, but here's the, here's the takeaway. Uh, A, uh,
0: the people we're trying to reach will not talk to us.
4: Uh, we deserve to be called back.
0: Okay, what that means, listeners, is that they, they're unwilling to talk to you. Right. Thus, back to an earlier point... They're unwilling to talk to you because they can get away with not talking to you. They have created walls around themselves that inoculate them from getting fired, uh, losing salary, getting suspended, whatever. Uh,
4: you always talk about the layers of protection.
0: You can make the claim that MDE was onto this early, but that doesn't excuse the fact that, well, of course, as John pointed out, a judge intervened and said, no, you uh, got to keep paying them.
3: I do have some more info on yeah. that, too, by Go the way. Ahead. It was in summer of 2021. Uh, the judge uh, said... Do we was, know the name Ram- of this judge? We do. Yeah, I just found it. Ramsey County Judge John Guthman. Uh, he hmm. docked the Education Department for taking too long to act on the 143 applications to a federal f- food program, fined the state more than $47,000 in penalties and attorney fees. Uh, these were all apparently... Uh, requests for money and uh, the department of education thought that things were expanding too fast too many vendors Uh, but the judge said uh, sorry take care of it now so uh, that's 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 how all that happened july of 2021 is when that happened and that's by the way when the department of education at that point contacted the fbi saying hey this this is did
0: mde in essence go behind the judge's back
3: I don't think they went behind the back. I think they they ended up taking care of it and kept expanding the program, and, but then at the same time contacted the FBI. From what I can, uh,
1: so MDE was trying to do the right
3: thing. Well, from what I'm reading, yes. I don't I don't know any of the minute details, obviously, but uh, overall it looks like it.
4: Guthman uh, is. Received his it's BA, Guthman. Guthman, Guthman, from Cornell in 76. Uh, his JD from William Mitchell College of Law in 80. Began his career in 79 as a law clerk for Hennepin County District Court Judge Harold Colleen. The following year, he clerked for Supreme Court Justice Chief Robert Sharon. He joined the firm, okay, whatever, in 81. Whatever, that's not important. Whoa. He joined the district court in 2002. What What's important is that
0: this, this went on too long, and... Uh, it sounds to me like uh, the judge had a role. I, I, I think I, I'm going to ask the judge uh, what he thinks now. I would have a means of being able to ask him that. Uh, and I'm going to ask him, well, how do you feel now about your decision now that you know that $250 bucks was stolen?
2: Well, wouldn't this essentially just be like all the judges that keep letting repeat offenders out? They're going to suffer no consequences um, and as a result. He-
3: yeah, isn't he going to say, well, the federal regulations had been loosened. I had no choice but to follow what the federal government told us to do with this money. I'm sure. Johnny,
0: uh, you sound like
4: a spokesman. Well, John, <laughs> sounds like a, John sounds like a newsman who did his
0: job. Uh, the, uh, uh, my, my overarching fear is that, again— they're not going to talk to us. We're not going to get to the bottom of it. And the cho- and the and the people they choose to talk to, the various spokespeople from MDA or what have you, the people they choose to talk to, they choose to talk to them because they know they won't be challenged. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it, it's you, the listener, who they're not talking to. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: I yeah. mean, we can yeah. sit here and talk about this all day, but we'll just be sitting here waiting for Guffman. Mm-mm. No God! No, Jeez. it was—it was there.
4: You—you you know, it was Guthrie you Guthrie just couldn't resist. I, I, you really, I really, I really <laughs> couldn't. That was pretty good, but we're waiting for Guthman, oh, not Guthman. It's a different uh, God. <laughs> oh, well, that's a lot of dope. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Well, Thank let you. me let me, uh, and this perhaps should come up on another day. Uh, I got an email from. Uh, Kevin, who writes, Joe, I'm curious how many of the defendants in the Feed Our Future scheme were also part of the daycare scheme a few years back. If you recall, the daycare scheme was nearly identical in that they claimed thousands of fake names were in daycare in order to receive free Minnesota subsidies. He put quote marks around free. The kingpin lived just two houses away from us in a modest home in Columbia Heights, They were similarly raided by the FBI and DOJ, while Keith Ellison did nothing. Nothing and nobody was ever convicted. And other than Alpha News, the media never pursued the $100 million fraud. And then he linked me to a piece that Alpha News ran on May 20, 2018.
2: I remember this.
0: Twin Cities television station Fox 9 this week broke a story about Somali daycare fraud and the possible support of terrorism abroad that nightly made national news. It claimed that up to $100 million in cash was leaving the MSP airport to various destinations, including some controlled by the Islamic terrorist group Al-Shabaab in Somalia. Fox 9 reminded viewers that it had investigated Somali daycare fraud five years ago. That would have meant 2013. And that officials confirm there are currently 10 centers under investigation with another dozen, according to the story, that are suspicious. Sources in the Somali community told Fox 9 it is an open secret that starting a daycare center is a license to make money. The fraud is so widespread, they said, that people buy shares of daycare businesses to get a cut of the public subsidies wow. that are pouring in. That oh. is similar to fraud, uh, food fraud because there were people going up to the ringleaders and saying, how do I get in? Yeah, I want some action here. It went on to say in 2015, investigators documented $14 million in carry-on cash. By 2016, it had mushroomed to $84 million. We're talking about the uh, airport. Then last year, $100 million. That last number would prove to be a source of possible weakness that, remarkably, other Twin Cities news outlets would attack. But F- the Fox 9 story said in its own reporting that the acting commissioner for the Department of Human Services, Chuck Johnson, said, I don't think half of the $200 million daycare subsidies Minnesota pay yearly sounds credible. What? What this means, we have a dispute, not about the widespread fraud engaged in by Somali daycare centers, but only about the amount and how much was sent abroad in cash and whether any of it funded terrorism. At the end of the day, only some particulars, but no essentials of the Fox 9 reporting could be quibbled with. In due course, the Islamified media of the Twin Cities struck back. First, CARES handmaidens at MPR went on the attack. Fox 9 reporting on daycare fraud called into question was the misleading agitprop headline. The only question about the story was a quote from Representative Keith Ellison and Representative Ilhan Omar, along with Governor Dayton, bleeding that the administration had been working hard on it. Right. Next came the Pioneer Press, which ran with a never-seen-before headline, Minnesota daycare fraud cash going to terrorists? Let's unpack this. This is from an alleged straight news reporter, but reads more like an opinion piece. Have you ever seen local news media attack or attempt to reframe the narrative of an investigatory piece? Where were local media seeking to jump on the heels, uh, jump on the leads that Fox Knight had opened up for them? Were they digging further into the story, trying to beat the competition? They weren't because local media are part and parcel of the regressive left, and it's gospel that the wholesale importation of people who have nothing in common with America are the only way to improve the country. The disastrous results are seen everywhere, but local media's job is to first deny it and then call you bigoted for noticing. This is the alpha piece. NPR outdid itself, though, by going after the whistleblower, Scott Stillman, saying a previous dispute with another competing forensic investigator discredited him. This tactic is loathsome and transparent, but it did not stop NPR from running with the headline. Investigator warning of daycare fraud makes false statements in the past. There is no evidence that Stillman was inventing Somali daycare fraud. In fact, Somalis defraud daycare centers around the nation, something NPR seems curiously uninterested in covering. Yet even NPR reported less than a year ago on a St. Cloud daycare center being closed due to fraud committed by Abdi al-Muhammad. Admittedly, the story was very short. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. This is fascinating. Uh, and we certainly, on this show, were not on top of it, were we?
1: Uh, no, we discussed it. I wouldn't at say that, Such. Yeah. The the food fraud? No, I think we were on. Oh, it no, per- food
4: fraud. We were on. I'm saying oh, daycare. The, the daycare. Yeah, we, we discussed guess, we it for sure. Discussed that, and we're we didn't know where to go with it because
2: you- when the and I'll agree with Rook mm-hmm. because when the food fraud came up. We use that as a reference point. Well, we talked about this with the daycare. I remember that so, specifically. There's more
0: in this alpha piece. Naturally, Representative Ilhan Omar identified people who object to being robbed as the real villains, saying vilifying an entire community as stories like this often do does not serve justice or get get results. Oh, BS, lady. That's why you're such a fraud. Female genital mutilation, terrorism, welfare dependency, fraud, or refusal to assimilate. Why would one think there's enough trouble in her own community to keep this Islamist Barbie doll busy for the rest of her natural life? Instead, she blames citizens who welcomed these people in the first place. Mm -hmm. This is some tough reporting from Alpha. In in 2018, it was uh, written by a guy named John Gilmore. It's a good piece.
1: You know why the so-called, you know, quote-unquote media didn't change, try to change the narrative on the food fraud thing? Who broke the story? Do you remember? Fox? Sahan S- Journal. Oh, Sahan yeah. Journal, yeah. And yeah. covered
3: it very well. I, I wouldn't do this research, man. And they, they are
1: right down. now, too, John. They're covering yep. it really well. All of their headlines and all of their stories are about the food fraud. Yeah, thing. they've named mm-hmm.
0: all 40 people indicted. Yep, mm-hmm. And they're all people from their community, Yep. with the exception of Amy Bach. Virtually all the people are from their community. Uh, <laughs> we're poorly served. I'll say. We're, we're poorly served. And the food fraud. By the way, by the way. Let's hear it. By the way. Do it. God, there's so much to get to.
4: I know, and we have so little time.
0: Biden announced a $2.9 billion fund at the UN to address food insecurity. Can you imagine the fraud that will take place here?
2: What did I say yesterday? This is great that these people were discovered, but how many other programs are out there right now? President
0: Biden on Wednesday will announce, he spoke at the UN today, will announce nearly $3 billion in new U.S. commitments to address global food insecurity (laughs) <laughs> an issue that has been worsened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The funding includes $220 million through the Department of Agriculture for eight new school feeding projects, which would benefit children in Africa and East India. I help those kids get the food. Another $178 million through the Department of Agriculture will be used for development projects around the globe to promote climate-smart agriculture and address the root causes of migration in Central America, according to the White House. Let me stop right there, Biden. The last thing a kid who is starving with an extended belly is worried about is your bleeping green climate agenda. Right. That kid needs to eat, Mm -hmm. you moron. Biden will also announce a $150 million commitment from the U.S. to the Global Agriculture and Food Security Program. And he will encourage other saps, I mean donors, (laughs) such as governments and philanthropic groups to make their own contributions. This new announcement of $2.9 billion will save lives through emergency interventions and invest in medium to long-term food security assistance in order to protect the world's most vulnerable populations from the escalating global food security crisis, the White House said. Mm. God, I hope these kids get the food, but could you imagine the people rubbing their hands together thinking, now we've got a new $3 billion to play with? And you oh. know they are. <laughs> Can you believe this? <sighs> Biden is expected next week to host a White House conference focused on hunger, nutrition, and health, spotlighting the issue domestically. Okay, that's the last paragraph in this story. Isn't that interesting, uh, sir, President? If you're going to spot this, uh, spotlight this issue domestically, will you mention the largest pandemic fraud scheme in the history of the country that happened right here in Minneapolis and children were not being fed? Children were experiencing food insecurity. Will you mention that? Will you mention that your Department of Agriculture, in concert with Minnesota's Department of Education, was party to a scam that was more far-reaching than anyone ever imagined? Will you mention that, sir? You're having a big conference next week, Hunger Nutrition and Health. You had the biggest scam in pandemic history right here. Quarter of a billion dollars.
1: He's not going to mention it, but when they finally get to the bottom of it and a verdict is reached, he will take credit for it.
0: Plus, wouldn't there be people at the Department of Agriculture that might have said, why is this... uh Department of Education, Minnesota, asking us for a quarter of a billion Pretty dollars. It's adding up money. to a lot of money can here. <laughs> They're feeding over a million kids? Are you? What's the? Hey, Ralph, what's the population of Minnesota? Break that down for me chronologically, will you? How many kids they got in Minnesota? Four. Well, we got 400,000 kids in Minnesota. They're feeding a million. Send them the <laughs> check.
4: And why did this come in the last two years? What a or bunch year of
0: BS. Half. Well, I can answer that.
4: And I think it's important to answer that. My question? Yes. Really?
0: Yeah, I know. You stumbled on one. Why did this happen?
4: (laughs) That's what you're getting your money for, folks. Oh, God. (laughs) Let me see if I can find it. Okay. I asked the question, why Mm -hmm. the surge in the number of mouths that needed to be fed? According to the charges, the alleged... You asked a question. There is an answer to that. Okay.
0: According to charges, we're back to the local food fraud case here. According to charges, the alleged scheme exploited changes in the federal child nutrition program that were intended to make sure needy children received adequate nutrition amid the pandemic as part of the changes the u.s department of agriculture allowed for-profit restaurants to participate in the federal food aid program Mm -hmm. thus all these restaurants around here pretending they were feeding kids Regulators also let parents bring meals home instead of requiring children to eat on site. I don't think uh, any kid got to even bring a meal home from these fraudsters. Prosecutors said the rule changes made it more difficult to oversee the meals program, rendering it vulnerable to fraud and (laughs) abuse.
4: To people that could really figure it out quickly and say, you know, we can make a lot of money by not feeding children. (laughs)
0: <laughs> After becoming an approved sponsor in 2018, feeding our future battled state regulators over its explosive growth, uh, okay, so somebody saw- a, filing a lawsuit that ultimately forced the department to approve dozens of sites that have been held up in the approval process for months. But remember. Those sites had become available to be sites because of the changes in the federal rules and regulations brought about by the pandemic.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. But somebody initially said, hey, wait a minute. And then whoever said, oh, it's the pandemic, we just have to let it slide. Luger said the conspiracy began in March 2020, in the early days of the
0: pandemic, when the conspirators saw an opportunity. To defraud the government and the opportunity they saw was the allowance of private entities to partake in feeding the kids which these private entities never did they were too busy buying porsche panameras exotic homes jewelry
4: foreign vacations and property what do we say about children are the last Whatever about no patriotism is it's the last seen but not scoundrels.
1: heard. <laughs> seen but heard, not heard. Matthew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's whose job is it to sit there and look for loopholes like this? I'd like to know who discovered yeah, this loophole. Yeah, how sinister is that? And then shopped it around and told everybody about. Well, it. And then
4: it, this Amy whatever bit on it and said, "Yeah, we can do this. Let's go."
0: In in the hundreds and well in the thousands of people employed by the state, there was somebody. You know, Jack Smith said wait
4: a minute, Right, check this out, but he, something he, ain't right. He was shooed away, wasn't he? Yeah.
1: No, I mean bad guys, Joe. Who is the bad guy that sits down and does... Who is the does,
4: Simon Barr the sinister sits. wringing his yeah. hands going... Does,
1: does, yeah, research on the various government <laughs> loopholes so he can make millions.
3: I got an idea, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> I got a better question. Was it Amy Bach?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, good
2: point.
0: Could it have been Amy Bach? Well, somebody yeah. saw the
2: She's the one that pursued Who's the lawsuit. The, uh, yeah. Or
4: did she start out small with maybe good intentions and said, uh, I'm not being checked on feeding these 25 kids. I can feed a million and get a whole bleep load of money, and nobody's checking as a result of the pandemic.
0: We're talking about the government, people. You don't want the government to have your stuff when you leave this veil of tears what do you give me, a, give you me an answer, a, give you, me an you, answer. Want, you want an estate plan which oh. takes you out of probate keeps their grubby hands off your stuff okay. Eckberg lammers is the official estate planning legal firm of garage logic they've been doing this for more than 70 years serving the legal needs of individuals and businesses and protecting your stuff they specialize in working with people like us on estate planning and if you don't think you need a plan I'm telling you, you need a plan. You don't want these people involved in your stuff. We have stuff. Unfortunately, we're going to die. If you don't have a plan in place for your family, your kids, whoever you want that money to go to and your belongings, the courts are going to decide that. Not you or your descendants. Mm-hmm. The courts. That's
4: bad. Get a
0: plan. The estate planning team at Eckberg Lammers can help you make sure your estate. It doesn't make any difference what size your estate is. You don't want any of it to go to the government. They've been taking from you your whole life. Don't let them take it from you when you're not here. They'll make sure your estate uh, transitions smoothly, and that's what you want for your family. Make an appointment with Eckberg Lammers. E-C-K-B-E-R-G, Eckberg Lammers, L-A-M-M-E-R-S, EckbergLammers.com, one word, or call Eckberg Lammers, at 651 439 I have an estate plan. I can't recommend it highly enough.
4: You know, a couple of weeks ago when we got that big, big, huge rainfall, I was in my backyard and I was looking at the gutters. I don't remember that rainfall. Yeah, it was, it was gushing. It was... It was when the state fair flooded or whatever it was. And I noticed that my gutters were um, probably pretty full because there was major leakage. I'm not going up on a ladder to get those uh, gutters cleaned out. I'm calling Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. Why? Because they will clean out the gutters. They're also going to wash the house. They're going to wash the roof. And they're going to clean the windows with their squeegees. And they're going to be very efficient. You've heard me with my reviews of garage logicians that have already used them. Why would you do it yourself when Kahuna can do it in a spot of a moment? They'll do it so quickly, you won't even know. They're here and they're gone. They're veteran-owned. They're a garage logic company, and they want you to be safe. You know, uh, going up a six-foot, eight-foot ladder, I get very nervous because I do not have my balance. So why am I going to risk it? That's why you call Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. Their website, kahunawindowcleaning.com. Mention that you're a GLer. They're going to waive the trip charge. They specialize in safety. Ladders equipped with extra accessories that your typical ladders just don't have. Standoffs, soft rubber grip pads, leg levelers. Their team receives extensive training. And when they start, and also weekly training every week at Kahuna. So don't leave anything to chance. Check out Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services, 612-888-5248. Better yet, check out their wares at kahunawindowcleaning.com. Uh, I'm rolling. You're does, barely humanoid. Does Kenny have something in a man- man- he he responds- sure does. Does.
2: <laughs>
1: in hardware stores? Sifting <laughs> through the
2: Kahuna nuts and, and, bones and, bones and of life. Life.
1: Joe Suchere. Well we're we're in the final days. The final I'll days say. of the Labor Day <laughs> <that> right. Liberty <laughs> wow. Limited Edition Flag Safe Sale. The Liberty Day the Liberty No, let me try you this again. You got through the
4: flag what? stuff perfectly.
1: The Labor Day Libit The Labor Day Limited <laughs> the Labor Day Liberty limited edition flag safe sale the Labor Rubber, Day Liberty bumper, baby buggies yes. anyway it's uh, at Maple Grove Lock and Safe I can't say it three uh three offerings on the sale block the Centurion 24 that's uh, keep keep going John that was pleasant no i was just that was the only thing key. not Dillard, was, do color, color. are you trying
0: to do color are you trying to color color
1: him
3: fall no i was playing along with Oh, Dillard.
1: yeah Dillard. do that uh the Centurion 24 flag safe textured white 40 minute fire rating electronic lock and the, the Colonial 23 and the Colonial 50, both gloss white, both have 75-minute fire ratings, electronic locks, installed door panels,
4: and single outlets. The Johnny, Liberty brand? Johnny, keep playing because it'll drown out the sound of Kenny. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Safes are
1: on sale. Yeah, what do you got in a safer? I've got a client that pays a hell of a lot of money to Garage Logic I called Maple safes. Grove Lock and Safe, and they don't need to hear bullshit like that. Uh, <laughs> Rookie, not dumb me. Dumb, dumb. Rookie, not me. Uh, anyway, was uh, where Ooh, was safe. I? Liberty Brand, the best built brand of safes on the planet, made right here in the United States, offered locally at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. It's the final week of the month-long Liberty Safe sale. 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove, and on the web, maplegrovelockandsafe.com.
0: While John is getting ready to do his newscast, Chris, do you have Kamala?
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, Vice President
0: Harris was blasted for another repetitive word salad that went viral yesterday. Harris was at Chafin University. I'm sorry, Clayton University in South Carolina with Education Secretary Miguel Cardona for what was billed as a roundtable discussion with student leaders. At one point, she started talking about how the Biden administration <laughs> has invested in community banks and got stuck on the word community.
2: Yep, mm-hmm. give me a minute. Give All right. Minute. I uh, we the invested
0: an additional $12 billion and she goes on to make no sense. It's quite an embarrassment that this woman is the... Uh, so
4: we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community.
0: Wow. Greatest orator since Winston Churchill. I have to look up orator. Yeah, me too. Just a profound, profound woman, isn't she?
3: Mm. No. Okay, here's John Height in the newsroom. Okay, thanks Joe. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Investigation looking into an apparent self-inflicted gunshot incident that followed a police shootout in Minneapolis. Uh, Minneapolis police say second precinct officers went to a home on the 3400 block of Fifth Street Northeast after a 911 caller hung up on dispatch. Officers tried to communicate through a window with people inside the home. They were directed to the back of the house. Police say officers went through an unlocked back door, announced their presence, and then they heard what they call cries of distress. Police say a man then confronted one of the officers with a gun, prompting an exchange of gunfire. Unclear at this time who fired first or how long the gunfire lasted. Police uh, were said to have gone outside then after the exchange when one of the people inside the house told officers the man with the gun had shot himself. A woman, girl, and boy left the house as officers secured the area. They re-entered the home and found a man in his 50s with an apparent fatal gunshot wound on the floor. The officer involved in the exchange for gunfire, taken to the hospital for unspecified. Specified injuries. He has since been released, according to police. The Minneapolis Bureau of Criminal Apprehension now involved after being requested by the Minneapolis Police Department.
1: What was the address there, John? You said
3: 3400 it. 3400 block of 5th Street, Northeast. 5th Street. Okay, thank you. A strange story from Sauk Rapids. Police say a man attacked a train engineer with a knife Tuesday morning in that area. According to the Sauk Rapids, uh, Sauk Rapids Police Department, the suspect allegedly climbed onto and entered the cab of the train engine and assaulted the engineer with a knife at about 8.18 in the morning. The engineer escaped from the cab, jumped off the moving train, according to the report. Police say the train then rolled to a stop a couple of miles away in Sartell. At that point, officers arrested a 42-year-old man near the area where the train stopped and took him to the Benton County Jail. The engineer was taken to St. Cloud Hospital, non-life-threatening injuries. The Santa Fe Burlington Northern train engine was reportedly pulling a rock train out of St. Cloud onto the main line headed north. A BNSF spokesperson told our friends down at KSTP-TV the company's priority is the safety and well-being of the employees involved in the incident, which they say is still being investigated. Yes, sir. Uh,
2: John, since you didn't lead with it, I'm going to assume that you don't have it because it's just being announced via various social media sites, but there have been four different cases of active shooters around the state of Minnesota at various high schools. um, Today? Right now, going on right now. The first one started at 10.30 this morning at Rochester Lords High School. Law enforcement entered the building to work on it to be cleared. Does not appear to be report of any injuries. There's another one at Mankato West High School in which the FBI informed uh, that there have been numerous unfounded reports of actor shooters in Minnesota cities all throughout the state this morning. I'm Chris, I'm seeing that they're all hoax calls. Okay. They're all hoaxes. Okay, good, yeah, that's good, 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 good. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I, sorry. Thank you for yeah. clarifying that. And there was another one at Washburn High School in Minneapolis as well. Okay. Wowzers. But doesn't that just here? Go, here go to show you what our instant reaction is when we see something like
1: that? But that why
0: would there have been coordinated ho- hoax calls?
1: Kids. Kids are stupid and they have nothing Training. better but to was do. But is there something yeah. significant
0: about today? It's, it's right.
1: the new bomb scare to get
3: out of tests. Yeah. And I think the the, Lord, the Lord's one I saw a little while ago, so that one was probably first, and I suppose at that point perhaps. The dominoes caught, just fell after, after that. On. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep.
2: Boy, that's just sad. I,
3: Nearly two dozen Minnesota County Sheriffs are backing Republican Jim Schultz in his closely watched race to unseat Keith Ellison Go as Attorney No kidding. The 22 sheriffs who endorsed Schultz on Tuesday include Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, Dakota County Sheriff Tim Leslie, Anoka County Sheriff James Stewart, and Washington County Sheriff Dan Starry. Fletcher said his endorsement of Schultz marks the first time he's backed an attorney general candidate for his law enforcement career, which has spanned almost 50 years. Schultz, who has also been endorsed by the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association, said he will announce more law enforcement endorsements in the coming weeks. Schultz and Ellison, according to most of the polls right now are nearly deadlocked in the battle. The latest poll was a Star Tribune, NPR News Care 11 Minnesota poll that found 46% of respondents in favor of Ellison, 45 backing Schultz. Ellison's narrow lead falls within the poll's margin of error. A former Minneapolis police officer who pleaded guilty to a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter in the killing of George Floyd was sentenced today to three years. Thomas Lane already serving a -a two-and-a-half-year federal sentence for violating Floyd's civil rights. When it comes to the state's case, prosecutors and Lane's attorneys had agreed to a recommended sentence of three years, and prosecutors did agree to allow him to serve that penalty at the same time as his federal sentence, and he can do that in the federal prison. The Attorney General of New York State has filed a civil lawsuit against Donald Trump and members of his family, the culmination of a years-long investigation of financial practices at the Trump Organization. Letitia James announcing the suit in New York City today. Uh, the New York suit represents an escalation of serious legal jeopardy for the former president. He's already facing that on a n- number of fronts, including possible indictment over his retention of classified records. A statement said James suit was filed against Trump, the organization. It also alleges with the help of his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump, and senior executives of the Trump Organization, falsely inflating his net worth by billions of dollars to induce banks to lend money to the Trump Organization on more favorable terms. I bet this uh,
0: guy couldn't get $10.
4: But if, okay, but if you have a spreadsheet, if you came to me as a banker and, and, and said... I need uh, this loan. I need to see that you actually have this loan. I money. don't know what to tell you. Does he have friends in banking I, that just say, oh, you're Donald uh, Trump, you can do it. I guess. Banks don't work well, that way.
3: Well, apparently Deutsche Bank, uh, from what I've been reading this morning, is heavily involved in some of these loans. And, and they, they may have thinking... We will order. get you the loan. Oh. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you have you, precise you, records. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about?
4: <laughs> yes, <yeah>. About another <laughs> um, loan.
3: As an example, the suit says uh, that a lot of his properties, including Mar-a-Lago, he valued that as high as $739 million. The actual valuation about $75 million, so almost 10 <laughs> times.
4: the <price>. Yes, <laughs> you can't. Das <laughs> hier uh, ist mein Sektor.
3: Das <laughs> hier ist das <laughs> wichtigste
2: Gerät des Das Gerät und das.
0: Okay, thank you. Mayday, hold
2: Mayday. on. No. Hello,
0: can Go And finish? Can you, What's you going on? You... Is it uh, a up? report?
2: We
4: are sinking. We are thinking we are sink- Hello? This is the German Coast Guard. We are sinking. We're sinking. What are you
1: thinking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't the president, uh, when I get a, a loan... Uh, they have to come in and give me an appraisal
3: and tell me what my house is worth. Well, funny you should mention that, Kenny, because one of the other things, uh, apparently his apartment, he he said it had 30,000 square feet. It actually has 11,000 square feet. So where was somebody coming in to measure and say, hey, um, I think this is off just a bit. Yeah, the appraisal so is going to catch is there the appraiser staggering. in trouble.
2: Staggering. What if he described it as a student loan that it would just be forgiven like everybody else's? Right. <laughs> Let's try that next,
1: believe it. <laughs> what if the appraisal, appraiser says your uh, house is worth X amount, um, but your tax valuation is much cheaper. Do you tell anybody about no. that? You just no. keep that under your hat.
4: Yeah. Well, whenever I get denied for a loan, usually what happens is, whenever I get denied for a loan? Right. Okay. Got it. Russian Thank President
3: you. Vladimir Putin. Everybody stared
4: a- me, stared at me and said, yeah, that's pretty believable. That's not even funny. <laughs> 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 they thought I was telling a story. <laughs>
3: right. We're waiting for the last half right, of the story. Right. <laughs> Russian President Vladimir Putin ordering a partial mobilization of reservists Wednesday, taking a risky and deeply unpopular step that follows setbacks for his troops nearly seven months after invading Ukraine. The first call-up in Russia since World War II is sure to further fuel uh, fuel tensions with the western backers of Ukraine. <clears throat> the Kremlin has struggled to replenish its troops in Ukraine, reaching out for volunteers to serve in battalions. And, of course, as we told you yesterday, there have even been reports of widespread recruitment of prisoners in prisons. Uh, speaking of Russia, from, uh, well, this really isn't a surprise anymore category, an aviation expert has become the latest Russian official to fall to his death in he fall down, circumstances. John? He did, yeah. He's Anatoly Garashenko, the former head of Moscow's Aviation Institute. He died in a fall inside the institute's headquarters. Apparently, he fell down a lot of steps. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah. You'd think he'd have better he was, balance. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, what did he uh, commit, do to irritate Putin? Yeah, not
0: it right. doesn't
3: say. I, I did look that up. Does it, it matter? It does not say, yeah. A commission is uh, being established at the Institute to look into the circumstances Um, of his death. Maybe, I don't know, it might seem harsh, but maybe that's what this country needs.
1: Uh, The fear of accidental death, if you're one of the secretaries in the the cabinet, if you
3: uh, don't do... No,
0: I don't think that's what this country needs. We don't need that? No, we don't need that. I don't don't think so I don't think we want that, no. I wish
3: I knew when Kenny was joking. (laughs) Uh, This uh, story, Joe, how would you do with this? At the new Fresh Walk restaurant in Falcon Heights, yep. they now have two robots on the wait staff.
0: Uh, I ain't in any place that I, with <laughs> Does a that robot. Mean no tipping? Nope. No Min robots. Zhang,
3: Min Zhang uh, works there, says they're both good workers. And then giggled. Thean Ange is the founder of Durobotics and Egan Robotics Company. He says he's been renting the two devices at the restaurant since June. Now, they do come with some human backup. Ange said mainly the robot can be a runner. A waiter can be reinforcing with a customer and talk to them, Uh, be there when someone says, hey, we need something. The owners say during the pandemic, they had to close for months, then pivot to takeout service. And during that time, five employees left to take other jobs. They weren't able to find replacements. Ben Wogsland, the executive vice president of Hospitality Minnesota, says it's a familiar problem right now. He says they're down about 22,000 workers statewide from pre-pandemic levels in the hospitality sectors, and some are turning to tech like these robots. The location of each table in this restaurant is pre-programmed into a touch screen activated by a person. There's also a built-in 3D program that provides depth perception like a pair of human eyes. Ange says, like it, will actually see the table, see the desk, see the people. So the algorithm will have the robot avoid the obstacles and not run into it. When the robot gets to your table, the tray with your order lights up. Nope. Customers then have to grab their see, own food.
1: No, no, no. This no. doesn't work for me. See, the, since the beginning of COVID... This country has taken an ugly turn. I no longer recognize the country we used to call the United States of America. This business now at restaurants and, and um, big box stores where you have to do all the labor yourself. Yeah, that's I not for be Kenny. Waited on. When I'm right. done, I always... when I'm done, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold up my hand and the pen, uh, scratching my that's hand. That's what that I th- do. That means give me the bill. Give me the bill. Uh, he or she's going to bring the bill. I'm going to give them my credit card, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to enter in the tip, or I'm going to pay cash, one or the other. Now, when you do that, they come over with the little credit card machine and they hand yeah. it to you, well, and you know to have do to do. That. I don't want to do that. I, that I'm I'm not interested You're in. You're being that. upside down. There's a couple of big box stores where going in the checkout line where a human being is is no longer an option.
0: Huh.
2: Hmm. Let, do let me
3: t- let me tell you a story about a, a man certain, named Fred, a certain company based here in the Twin Cities, a fairly large chain of stores. You you know who I'm talking about. Yep, I was mm-hmm. there, my wife and I last Walmart? week. Walmart. No, close, in, close Costco. enough.
1: Costco.
3: <laughs> Shh, John's <laughs> trying not to insult the company. Stop blurting, Joe. They don't add with us. So, uh, my average. wife and I are going up to pay, and all of the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are not lit up. And nobody's there. Huh. Only the self, mm-hmm. you know, the self. So we walk over there and we start ringing it up, which I normally do anyway. I like to use it so I don't have to deal with people. Mm. So I start ringing up, and my wife says to the person who's watching the self, uh, you know, ringing thing, says, "What's what's the deal with none of the things open?" She said, "Oh, the the big shots are trying to get us not to have to open those every day." Oh. Wow. Oh. Wow. So there you go. There the
1: complete go. 100% wrong way to run your business.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I, I mean, I don't like I, talking I like to these people
1: the out. way it is. I don't need somebody asking me how my day has been or what my plans are. <laughs> hey, what are you
3: doing this weekend? All of that. I going? I don't
1: need any of that, but I would still rather have a living breathing human being there uh scanning my crap.
0: I really all throw them off by just paying cash. That just really throws them off yeah, the that, game.
3: Yeah, uh, that that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, remember the big, speaking of cash, Mega Millions jackpot this summer? Not that we really. all bought tickets for? Sure yeah. you do, Joe. We yeah. bought tickets. Yeah. We now know who won, uh, sort of. Yeah. Two people who want to remain anonymous. I don't blame them. They've claimed the 1.337. Billion mm. with a B, mega millions dollar jackpot, after one single ticket was sold in a Chicago suburb. Mm. They take the lump sum payment of $780.5 million. The Illinois Lottery said the prize for the drawing was claimed by two individuals who had agreed to split the prize if they won. Uh, they will remain anonymous. You can do that depending on what state you live in and the state's rules. Lottery of officials said the two people have spent the last few weeks working with professional legal and financial advisors, according to MegaMillions.com. One jackpot-winning ticket was bought at a Speedway gas station and convenience store in the
4: Plains. Who is first Illinois. to die? Which guy is first to die? <laughs> oh, Oh, one hundred percent. It's going to be of me. A yeah. Of us, if, if we all won the lottery.
2: If each one of us were to win the seven or take home the 700 mil.
4: Who would be the first to die doing something really stupid?
2: <laughs> yep, it'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> and my last words would be, watch this. Yeah, watch this. Hold my beer. Oh, God.
3: Yeti coolers, you know Yeti coolers.
2: Oh, I coolers. love are, Yeti. You know. Are they
4: just too much though?
2: No, they're fantastic. They're I a lot, love lot of money.
1: Yeah, uh, you're well, you're paying for a, a name brand, is okay. what you're doing. Yeah, there. but they're worth <laughs> it. But, well, they may, there's other companies that make the same stuff. What's wrong with a lot,
0: plastic bag full of ice? <laughs> not,
4: not the old Coleman, is it, over there with the red cooler?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeti coolers are washing up on the shores of Alaska after ship a cargo ship, yep. cargo ship <gasps> unintentionally sent a few cases overboard. Oh, boy. All told, 109 cooler containers dropped into the sea near Washington's Olympic Peninsula last year. Now residents of the area are setting off on foot, in some cases taking flight to scout out a free cooler of their own. And uh, yes, as Kenny said, Yeti's average size coolers can run up to $800. Its most expensive options cost $1,500. You're
0: paying ten grand for a flight to find a $25 cooler.
1: <laughs> Your math's a little bit off, but... Yeah. You're buying the badge with Yeti. There's other coolers that do the same thing. Yeah, but I the, like the fact that if I put some ice in
2: her on Friday, it's still going to be there Sunday afternoon. I like that. that.
1: What I keep saying to you is, there's
3: other coolers. I know. Have you a lot uh, cheaper? Have you seen the the Yeti? I think it's a Yeti ad where they burn in house fires and they open them up and there there's still ice in them. Yep. Have you seen that? Yes. Uh, yes. Sterling.
4: That is. That is legit. <laughs> it's just really one of life's simple pleasures. <laughs>
3: Uh, about 230 whales have been stranded on Tasmania's west coast. Have you seen this video? Very disturbing. Yes, I
0: feel sorry for the whales.
3: I do too. Yeah, they're just lying there. Just days after 14 sperm whales were found beached on an island off the southeastern coast, these 230 whales have washed up. The pod, a bunch of whales it's called a pod, That's which right. is stranded which is stranded on Ocean Beach, appears to be pilot whales. At least half are presumed to still be alive. A team from Marine Conservation Program assembling whale rescue gear and heading out to the area. They're calling it a massive event. Here's, they would like here's to save here's, as many as they
1: here's, can. Here's what you do. Uh, you kill them all. You cape oh, them. You gut them out. Okay. Um, you quarter them out. And that's how you feed the world's hungry children right there, whale meat.
0: I met a guy last night who has uh, got a rolling bicycle repair shop. Huh. And he really? mentioned that he even repairs electric bikes. But hmm. the bikes you get from Ecofund, A, they're probably not going to need any urgent repair. And B, Ecofund Motorsports, not to take away this guy's business, but Ecofund Motorsports has great repair. Was department. the
2: name of this guy's rolling bike service called Bike City? Nope, it okay. was not. All right.
0: In fact, I don't bikes. know what the name was, but I'm talking about EcoFund Motorsports, your bike, your electric bike headquarters with the new store in Forest Lake on 97, just immediately west of the Interstate 35, and the new location in Burnsville on the service road off 35W. Electric bikes, scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure, youth ATVs, helmets, apparel, and really, really great service. And uh, great service when you purchase the electric bike. A lot of ride, riding season left. Get the right tires, the right seat, the right handlebars, the right size. It'll make a great deal of difference when you're out there speeding by people who don't have electric bikes and you go and <laughs> go flying right by them because you have the electric assist. This is EcoFun Motorsports with a great website too, EcoFunMotorsports.com.
1: Oh, well, shut up. Maybe he will.
2: <laughs>
1: I've had my hat on for the whole show. Yeah,
3: how does I know, he get away I with it? Wow. Joe even played the bumper saying, no hats indoors, and Kenny's got his hat on.
4: Hi, Joe. He doesn't have his headphones on. <laughs> Is this Tears for Fears? Who is this? <laughs> shout! Shout! Let it all out! These all are the things I've been talking about! So come on! Wow! I'm talking to you! Come on! Well, that's well, it. I, I gotta go Trash for <laughs> fears.
1: <laughs> I do too. That was delightful.
0: I enjoyed Thank you. that. One more note. Maybe it won't be the last. On Winner's Gas Station and uh, Merwin's Liquor, Lindale and 38th. And you know that Keith Ellison, the uh, attorney general, sprang into action to get tough on crime by blaming the owners of the businesses. Uh, his son represents that
2: area. Oh, yeah.
0: Jeremiah yeah. Ellison. Yeah. Ooh. And... Uh, Bert writes, I have my opinions on the situation at Broadway and Lindale, but I'll save those. However, I have an important question. Is that Ellison's district? And where the hell is the city council on this matter? Not a peep from these clowns. I'm glad they are all worried about climate change. It seems to me this would be a situation where a city council should be front and center. We push for peace and violence interrupters are just examples of the lunatics taking over the asylum. One big protection racket. That's what it is. But Keith uh, Jeremiah Ellison represents that part of North Minneapolis. Have you heard anything from him on this?
2: Of course oh, not. No.
0: Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park and mumpumalonga South Africa from the traveling linemen. On this day...
2: Today is September 21st, the last official day of summer.
0: On 18, In 1805, Lieutenant Zebulon M. Pike reached the mouth of the Mani Sota Wakpa, Minnesota River, stops at Witka Tanka, later called Pike Island after him, and raised the stars and stripes inside present day Minnesota for the first time. Hmm. Wow, mm. nice. On this day in 1836, fur trader Alexander Faribault, son of Pelagi Faribault, co- contracts with Mason Michael La Lair to build a house in Mendota. That's a pretty weak day for us. That's kind of short yeah, That's yeah, guy yeah, and yeah. all that's we had today. That's who the city of was named after. That Faribault, was named after. Well, that Faribault gets in this days in history more often than any other city. We're a very important uh, piece
2: of the state, Joe.
0: Apparently you are. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Is there a river there? Took a couple. The
2: Minnesota? We got the Cannon.
4: The Cannon. The Cannon River, We love the Cannon river. likes to I
2: frequent. Annually to The down. Straight River uh, right. runs through town. Is that,
4: yep. Does that go pretty <gasps> In fact...
2: Joe, the next time you've got a hankering for some golf, why don't you and I take up the par three, the old straight river par three, huh? Straight river. Man, I got huh. There Fine. is not one sober person on that golf course, no. even during the week.
0: Is that where Pat fell down the hill after he teed off?
4: No, that was, in, uh, <laughs> that was in Maple Lake. Okay. I, as a 53-year-old at the Nativity County Fair on Saturday night, rode on the Tilt-A-Whirl. Thank you, From Sellner Manufacturing. Sellner Manufacturing Fairball. By <laughs> the way, tomorrow morning... I am requiring you all to tune in to mm-hmm. Minnesota Live tomorrow where I'm going to be a guest and uh, no. I will be featuring five cool facts Stand. about myself. Five I have cool been asked facts to, uh, about myself. I have been asked <laughs> during, during, what? during Minnesota Live between 9 and 10 tomorrow oh. on Channel 5, I will be... Uh, Wait a minute.
2: We cannot conclude the show yet. Please tell me this is taking place downstairs in the studio.
4: Yes, I have to come in studio oh, to. Uh, oh, you to should give not. Five facts about this. myself. That, I am uh, going to go down there. Joe, do you want to come in and? Why don't you sit in with me too, Joe? No. Five fun facts about Joe, and then afterwards you can guys go like, look at the village. I like wooden boats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I believe the trunk of my car, propped up so people don't put groceries on it. <laughs> That's number two. You want
2: number Joe, three? Joe, you're
3: getting picked on a lot today, aren't you?
2: What would be number three if Joe was to introduce five fun
4: facts? I about- wear dark socks with Bermuda shorts.
2: <laughs> and finally, number four.
4: I hate the people I work with. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of those five is accurate. So, have you whittled it down the five that you're going to use? I don't. Have, I, I responded with them to to Kate. I don't have five cool facts about myself. I, I don't. This is going to well, be you working so with what, what's, what's wrong with them if they would do this? Scraping the bottom of the barrel. They really, really Everybody Let's else see, said no. You work you, at the airport.
2: You, your friend works at the airport. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a fun fact about you. You
3: paint your wife's toenails. You paint your wife's you toenails. Your wife's oh, toenails. I'd love to do that's a that. very two. sexy thing to do. Joe,
2: what would be a fun fact about Rookie? Uh, <laughs> He can do voices. <laughs>
4: <laughs> really digging deep there. Really digging deep. Hey, Pod MN. If you're sick of this podcast and want to find others, check out the Whoa. library at PodMN on your smartphone. And if you're going over to YouTube, subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube and join the fun. Cha? Cha? I'd like to say cha. That's a cha. is that a cool fact? Not really. You can't really go anywhere with that, no. can you?
2: Garage.